to live righteously. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode. It is episode number 472. Man, we've been doing so many episodes this month. I just want to start back at the start of this month and and give people an idea of if you are not subscribed to the Cultural Hall, what you may have missed. For example, we start the month off with Haley Jones Smith. She's an actress that's in the uh, upcoming Once I Was Engaged, which is the sequel to Once I Was a Beehive. Then we go to Richard Elliott. He's the organist from the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. Then we do David Archuleta. You've likely heard of him before. Patrick Q. Mason, the Leonard Arrington Chair of History at Utah State University. Another Articles of News where Kyle gets us in trouble. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Then uh, the other day we talked about Noel Pikes-Pace, silver medalist from the Sochi Games. And just last Friday, a girl's guide to Heavenly Mother. And we're just a little over halfway through the month. Still a lot of great episodes to come. Uh, We'll be visiting on Christmas Day with Hank Smith. It's Hank Smith Part Dieu. We're talking about the Aaronic Priesthood this month, and we're going to count down the top 20 stories of 2020. It will be a two-part Articles of News episode. That is the Cultural Hall for the month of December. Why are you not a Patreon subscriber? Go to patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall. You could listen to most of those episodes now as they've already been recorded. Brother Kyle, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Did well, you, I was. Did you get Well, you were until what? Until I heard that I got us in trouble again. Well, listen. Here's where here is where we are lucky. My wife edits the episodes, and so she was able to get us out of trouble before we even got there. What what did I do to get us in trouble? I honestly don't remember any more than normal. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, I, I'm just teasing. My wife. Okay. My All wife, right. when she edits this, we will have the conversation. She says, "Do you think we should include this?" And I go, "You know, babe, they knew what we were when they picked us up." They may get mad, but they know what this show is all about. Now, if you are a first-time listener, this is the first time you've ever found us, know that we are a, a pro-church, pro-faith, you know, faith-promoting show available in podcast form. So we're not trying to we're not trying to be tricky or destroy anyone's faith or make you, you know, question anything outside of the realms, et cetera, et cetera. We do have some fun conversations here. And sometimes, guess what? Sometimes not everyone likes fun. But no, you didn't get us in trouble, so to speak, last week. Brother Kyle. Okay, good. Good. No. We 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 joke a little bit, and sometimes we get a little sarcastic. Sure, sure. So and and some people don't get it. Yeah. And those people we call morons. <laughs> so, Perfect. <laughs> sorry. Don't. Oh, I, no, now you're your fine. Wife is gonna no, have to edit that no, out. it's fine. I'm keeping I'm it. They sorry. knew what we were. They knew what we were. <laughs> now let me ask you this, Brother Kyle. Uh, Christmas is Friday, uh, right? Friday. Fr- yeah. Set Friday. Yeah. It's on Wait, a Friday. Friday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is Friday. Yeah. So what? So what, my friend? What will you be doing for Christmas this year? Uh, nothing. Nothing? Nope. You're not teaching not any classes, thing. I know that. No, nope. I am Christmas Eve morning. I'll okay. be teaching a class. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, usually, you know, I, I make the rounds. I'll, you know, I'll go to the plus one's house mm-hmm. and see what they all got and hang out there for a little bit. Uh, and Christmas Eve, actually, I'll be there a little bit as well. But usually then I go to my parents' home. We have breakfast. We see the other kids in the family. Mm-hmm. And won't be doing that this year. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine. So what have you made a plan? Because it might get kind of lonely. Well, uh, so my, my parents usually have a Christmas party for us. We usually have it a couple days before Christmas. And they, they have this thing, a fish pond, and they have several presents for all the kids. And they reach over this thing, kind of a silly fish pond, into my dad's office. And, and so they said, we'd like you to come over one family at a time, schedule time with us, wear a mask, and we'll do the fish pond one family at a time. Mm-hmm. And everybody chimed in, we'll do three o'clock on Wednesday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, my son and I will opt out because we are sometimes around other people mm-hmm. and you guys are old. And I don't want to be the one at the funeral wearing the shirt that said, yep, I killed him. <laughs> and so this is really what I put in. And, and it was a little bit of a, a slap in the face. The other's like, yeah, we'll bring our eight kids and we'll be there on Friday night sure. at six. Sure, sure. And I'm like, just d- go into. So what I'm going to do, uh, my son and I are going to go by. We're going to drive by uh, Friday afternoon mm-hmm. uh, in the car and, you know, I'll, I'll let my parents know, hey, we're on the way over. And then we'll be out in the driveway and we'll we'll chat with them a little bit. Mm. It'll be a little chilly, but I, we'll see them that way. But was, I'm not going to go in the house and bring all my kids in. Yeah. I was really hoping that you were going to egg the house. I hope that that's how that story <laughs> ended. <laughs> we're going to call them and let them know that we'll be driving by so that they come out on the porch and then surprise you just egg them and their house. 
on Christmas Eve, what we're going to do is we're going to get a bag and fill it with dog poop. Yeah. I'm going to put it on the front step and then knock and then run. He called the crap poop. That's one of my favorite one of my favorite practices. Well, good. That sounds that sounds sort of nice. I'm glad that you're caring about other individuals. No shame on anyone who decides to to practice it differently, but you know, anytime that you're around anyone that you're not normally around, I think we're at the point that we recognize that that's a risk and and some people you know, some people are saying, you know what, I, I choose not to live my life afraid. And if, you know, if God's going to take me through coronavirus, let him take me. That's just not something that I'm willing to be all right with for any of my loved ones. And it's not how I would like to go. So, and you know, honestly, I say to the people that say, well, we're getting together a big old turkey dinner and getting the family together. Don't care. I'm good with it. Yeah, I, I really am. I'm mm-hmm. like, people have to be so decisive. Well, I'm right. And you're wrong. No, it's that I like uh, the color red. And if you, if you don't, well, so what? It mm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do your, do your thing and I'll do, I'll do mine thing. And it doesn't matter. Uh, in 2020, Kyle, the way that we say that is you do you boo. Oh yeah. yeah. You do you boo. Uh, a couple of emails that I want to share. Uh, would you like a, uh, a sort of sweet kind hearted one first, or would you like a funny one first? Uh, sweet kind hearted first. Okay. We'll go que- sweet kind hearted first. Uh, you can always email us, contact at theculturalhall.com. And it's worth mentioning that the emails that come into the Cultural Hall are sponsored by at Utah Taste Off. Uh, you can find them on Instagram. It's at Utah Taste Off. It's an opportunity, if you live in the state of Utah, to be able to try delicious things from all sorts of different restaurants. You can rate them. Uh, this is a thing that you pay for. You sort of buy into different packages. Sometimes they'll do chilies or soups or Christmas cookies or you know, uh, eggnog type beverages. And you pick these kind of packs up. It's an opportunity for you to taste these delicious things and rate them or just eat these delicious things and say, thank you, Utah Taste Off. We appreciate it. Find them on Instagram at Utah Taste Off. Now, this email comes from Maggie. She says, back in 2016, wanting to become more active on Twitter with fellow church members, I followed several Latter-day themed accounts. One was the Cultural Hall. I had no idea that it was a show in podcast form. I began interacting with the account and found it amusing. About a year ago, I finally realized it was a show that I could listen to, yet I failed to do so. Then a topic came up in their socials that was one I was writing about, and I chimed in. Eventually, recording an an episode with the co-author of this book, I made the awful mistake of not listening to your show first. I do not recommend that anyone does that. I do highly recommend that everyone listen to your show, not just members of the church. There are topics that are mostly of interest to members, but Richie is a host that can entertain people of any faith. He is witty and curious and asks those type of questions that the listener wants to hear the answers to. Thank you to everyone in the Cultural Hall for providing wonderful, wholesome entertainment that is educational and informative at the same time. Lastly, Maggie says, I have one request. Please, 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 less Daybells and more Boyers and Crosbys. Have a wonderful <laughs> Christmas and Happy New Year. Maggie. So that, of course, referencing, you know, Chad and Lori Daybell up in Idaho, who who are allegedly uh, they are accused of killing their kids and they went off to Hawaii and, you know, they're they're awaiting their day in court. And we've sort of followed that case as it's been in the news with our friend Nate Eaton from East Idaho News. He's given us the update, but that's what she's saying. A little maybe less of that and maybe a little bit more. The Crosbys, if you don't know, uh, the littlest Crosby, I believe, is the little girl who sang with the prophet in the um, First Presidency devotional. If you remember seeing that video of the prophet uh, playing the piano and the little girl singing, I'm pretty sure that's the Crosbys. Without looking it up, that's what I'm assuming. Uh, And then the second email, this is a little more fun. Uh, You're going to say, hey, is this really more fun? Uh, But it'll get there. So uh, allow me to leverage my credibility as one of the hosts of the show to say, I promise it's worth it. Uh, this from Dina says, Hi guys, I recently started listening to your podcast and I've really enjoyed it. Your episode with Noel Picus Pace was really inspiring. What an amazing woman. I appreciate your authentic and interesting questions and your episode with Laura Brotherson got me thinking. I hope you don't think that it's too weird that I say this, but I think that I would be a great fit to be a guest. I'm the CEO of Educate and Empower Kids and a member of uh, New Mexico Steak. I'm fairly blunt. I can be pretty funny. I've been on a number of podcasts 
and a couple of LDS podcasts to discuss talking to our kids about healthy sexuality and porn, but I also speak on a number of other issues like teaching kids to question everything they see in media, using technology for good, building a healthy body image, preparing kids for the last days, teaching kids to, to ask questions and seek their own testimonies through personal revelation. I've written a number of books and love helping families navigate the digital age. If you'd like to chat more, please email me or check out my website. Thanks for your time. Right. So uh, uh, on occasion, as people probably know, and as I've asked, you can always email us, contact at theculturalhall.com and make a suggestion if you think you would be a great guest or you know someone that we should have on the show. So perfectly in line with that. So I decided that I would reply and I'll read you my reply that I sent to her mere moments after she sent that one. She sent it at 414. I replied at 415 and said, Dina, we have visited I just haven't published that episode yet. Richie. (laughs) And then I didn't hear anything for a few hours. And she replied, oh my gosh, you're right. I'd like to blame it on COVID, but my forgetfulness is not virus related. Well, this is embarrassing. I'm glad for the episodes that I've been enjoying the past couple of weeks. Thank you so much, Richie. To which I said... I may have to share this on the show. I'll be gentle, (laughs) but it's too funny not to. And she said, feel free. I deserve nothing less, Dina. So uh, looking forward to that episode in the future. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you have access to that and more episodes that have been recorded. We've probably got about 10 in the bank that haven't made it to publishing yet. Um, So encourage you to check that out if that interests you, especially that topic. But being the first to receive episodes that we do, check it out. Patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall for Christmas, brother Kyle. I I think I'm going to kiss. I think I'm going to cook a Christmas goose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I heard you're going to do that at goose, which made me think I wish I could eat gooses because that actually sounds pretty good. Have you ever had have you ever had a goose before? I haven't. Yeah, so what? Try it. So what I'm learning is that it's not very good. Maybe like duck. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I had duck one time uh, when I served my mission in uh, Cleveland. Uh, there was an area where there was this really highfalutin uh, golf course, and inside the golf course clubhouse, uh, they served duck. And one of the members in the area was uh, like the owner or the manager or something that allowed us free duck from the clubhouse of this highfalutin golf course clubhouse and it was good so i i mean i don't know maybe i've got a weird palate or maybe it's tricky to prepare but for some reason i've got this uh this itch to make a christmas goose this year would you eat Uh, it would you eat it if i made you a little bit no no because i can't against my religion it's not not, it's not your religion i've had duck it's i have had duck it's time of winter and famine I've read I've uh, read this section, Kyle. That's true. Mm-hmm, actually, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even try a bite. I wouldn't. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Well, it, it's just a thing. I wanted you to know that on Friday Christmas afternoon, I was going to call you and let you know that I was going to drive by and uh, I was going to roll down my window when you came outside and chuck pieces of duck at you. But I won't be doing that anymore. <laughs> Well, you can do it anyway. I'd love to see you. All right. All right. All right. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Not going to. Other than that, I think we're just spending a cozy day at home. My wife has said, let's read on Christmas. So that's another thing that oh, we might do. No, I, I don't ever read. I think I might read. Awful. She says Worst you talk Christmas to all ever. you talk to these all these amazing authors, fascinating stories. It's their life's work that they put together these books and you don't read all of them. So there's movies. Okay. Only guests who have made movies <laughs> for the cultural hall from now on. Let's take a break. And when we come back in the second half, we'll do actual articles of news. LDSbookstore.com, your one-stop shop for everything LDS-themed goods. It's online at LDSbookstore.com. It's simple and easy to remember. going to encourage you to hop on and do it. Why? Well, because Brandon, the owner, is a great guy. It's because uh, it's what he does for a living. It's because you need gifts for people all throughout the year, not just at Christmas, but, you know, you got baptisms or mission farewells or mission homecomings or weddings or all of those things. There's always an event that you need something uh, that you can purchase, have it be LDS themed, and then you could even have it delivered, shipped to those folks. 
because that's how online shopping works. So ldsbookstore.com. But I'm also going to ask that if you would, if you are one who does something like this, to hop online to ldsbookstore.com or mention them in your social media and tell them thank you for sponsoring the Cultural Hall. They do a great deal for us and we really appreciate it. So uh, you can say hey to Brandon and tell him that I said for you to send something or you can just keep that to yourself. It doesn't matter. But I know that he would like to hear from you. Thank you so much. LDSbookstore.com. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hey, this is Dan, the laptop man from PC Laptops in Salt Lake City. A computer can be the best holiday gift imaginable. It can bring such joy and fluffiness. Buying any other brand of computer than a PC Laptops computer can be painful. Can you imagine calling Chumbawamba and being placed on hold for forever? Finally, when someone in Chumbawamba answers, only to be told your on-site extended warranty is the delivery guy picking up your computer and then having to wait eight weeks for them to tell you that your software problem isn't covered by the warranty you end up paying a huge bill and on top of it you get your computer back and all your data is erased that's brain damage avoid the pain and feel the love this holiday season to make it impossible to resist we're doing 12 months special financing on any pc laptops desktop or laptop computer have I lost my mind? Call us at 1-877-596-7283 for details or check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com, where we love you. Here in the second block, it's uh, articles of news, and it's time for actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. A lot of, uh, you know, some political news for sure. Uh, I don't know that I want to start there. Maybe we start with this. The uh, groundbreaking for the Harar Zimbabwe Temple took place, mm. uh, a gorgeous but also simple um, temple. There are more than 35,000 church members in Zimbabwe, 90 congregations, and now they are getting a temple. That ground has been broken. Uh, you can hop on to theculturalhall.com in the show notes with this episode. If you want to take a gander at any of the articles that we're talking about, uh, be sure that you check that out. There's also... A whole lot of internet people being super upset this week. We'll get to the um, everything. What? Internet with, people being upset? Yeah, no, I know. No we'll way. Get, yeah, we'll get to everything with uh, President-elect Biden in a minute. Um, but this is another thing that has been, I wouldn't say scandalous necessarily, but there has definitely been a lot of drama. Uh, the president of the Utah State University um, and the interim football coach, Frank Mayle, I think is how you say it, or my, uh, he is a Polynesian member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I guess there was a Zoom meeting that took place as they have looked to um, replace the football coach up there at, uh, at Utah State. Now, the former coach, Gary Anderson, he had been there before, then he went away, then they brought him back, then they let him go one last time. If I were him, I wouldn't come back a third time. Um, but this uh, Frank has been sort of filling in in the meantime, right? You're midseason, you get rid of a coach, and so he's been filling in. Now, he is Polynesian, he's a member of the church, and for all intents and purposes, several people have said, you know what, he's the natural fit to take the job but the the president of utah state university has said i don't know what what do we what do we think about this is this is this going to be the right choice um is this going to be uh something that will discourage other uh football players to come and to play at utah state university and there are a couple of people who have remained anonymous who said, yeah, you know what, uh, it, it sure seemed like the uh, president was being discriminatory towards the coach. Um, and, and it got so much to the point that uh, President Noel Crockett uh, said, made these comments, so much to the point that the football team decided not to play their final game. They said, forget it. Yeah. We're not going to do it. Sorry. Yeah. 
So Utah State ends the year one and five um, because they just said, you know what, we we will not we're not going to play the game, especially if these comments are being made. It is reported that uh, Utah State's going to hire former Arkansas State coach Blake Anderson as its new coach, um, and not this Frank Male or Miley, and could very well be because he's Polynesian and a member of the church. In mm. 2020, this is going on. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I don't know. She, she certainly has uh, come back and, and apologized <laughs> and said, oh, you know, uh, maybe I'm being misinterpreted a little bit, and the coach... Uh, Frank himself, he's like, yeah, I, I don't know. It felt it felt like it was a little bit biased uh, against me. So my prediction, as I shared this article on the Cultural Hall's Facebook page, uh, neither of those people will be working there in the future. I think that you'll see it bubble up enough against the president of the university that she'll have to go somewhere else and that the uh, coach himself, I mean, he's not going to feel comfortable, want to continue to be an assistant coach there, knowing that he sort of reached his ceiling because he's Polynesian or because he's a member of the church. So it's crummy. Yeah. It's a crummy situation. Was it, was it released? What was said? I hadn't seen. Uh, you know, I looked, anyway. I looked for the exact verbiage, but uh, paraphrased it was, you know, are, are players going to want to come here because, um, because of him being both Polynesian and a member of the church. So mm. something disparaging about uh, both of those things. So I, I don't know. I don't know uh, what the future of that is, but that, that that seems crummy. Speaking of crummy, do you want to get into everything with the uh, president-elect Biden and, and the posting uh, and uh, congratulating of president-elect Biden? Uh, sure. Uh, so the LDS Church congratulates uh, through uh, a release, uh, Joe Biden, in a message that comes uh, weeks later than previous presidential races. Now, some would say, well, it's because they were, you know, waiting for all the voter fraud to get cleared out. Mm -hmm. Well, it, and because he's a he's a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Well, when I looked back, they also mentioned the story that I saw when they put out congratulations to the last couple of presidents uh, to Donald Trump. It was the day after the election mm -hmm. when the news was released, and uh, they and they also send it to the the loser. Mm -hmm. They also send a congratulations to them. Yeah, don't good, know if they, good game. Way to go. Yeah, yep. the pat on the head. And you want to guess when they congratulated Barack Obama? Uh, do I want it, to? It, it was the night of the election. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and, and so I don't see it as a, that kind of shows me maybe it's not a Democratic Republican thing. They just want to be, you know, when, when Barack Obama won, we knew that night, although we thought, you know, when President Trump won that Hillary won, mm -hmm. but they... You know, they saw it was a clear victory, so they congratulated him uh, with Donald Trump. The next day, we were pretty clear on him. But for some reason this time, maybe there is a little bit of, you know, misinformation. And they, they kind of held off. And, or maybe it's because they didn't want many, many of the LDS people to go, well, you got to wait for the votes to come in from yeah. Nevada. Yeah. Why, why do members of the church sound like the macho man Randy Savage? <laughs> that's, that's not members of the church. That's just guys that drive big diesel trucks. You and they don't like this and have a beard. <laughs> You're biased against those guys in particular. I know. I love it. So I kid it. So so here's so here is why I this is my personal opinion think that the the church waited longer. Now, first of all, there were several people who are like the church should stay out of politics uh, because what the church was congratulating with President Biden was against their particular politics and. And then, you know, a quick search, as you mentioned, going back, seeing, no, they do this for every president, different times, you know, different days or weeks after, depending on the presidency and the, and the climate. They've always done it. So it's not in particular like the churches, you know, backing President-elect Biden more than they did President Trump. Um, so so first of all, yes, they've done they do this every time. They also, as you mentioned, send it to the one who does not win. So why did they take so long this particular time? I mean, you know, we knew that Saturday after uh, election Tuesday that it was likely that President-elect Biden was going to become President Biden. Could have done a congratulations there. It, it is my firm thinking that they waited until the elector vote um, because there was no concession. 
President Trump did not concede the mm, election. Yeah. And I think in the case of Trump and Hillary, in the case of um, Barack Obama and whomever Barack Obama and Mitt Romney. And Mitt Romney uh, I can't believe I can't remember. I didn't remember that. But between Barack Obama and Mitt Romney in 2012, yeah. there was a concession and it was obvious as to who won. So, I mean, the church is always going to be conservative in the way that they do anything. But the backlash from members of the church beyond, you know, the church should stay out of politics has been unreal. So much to the point that they posted this on Facebook. I tried to find it as we were going to record this episode. I couldn't find it. Um, but maybe it's out there and I just can't seem to find it. Uh, they had to shut down the comments on yeah. that that posting. Over 2,500-something comments of people yeah. saying anything from, thank you, church, for you know proving that you are not partial to one party over the other, to, oh, that's it, the apostles have been infiltrated by the deep state, and <laughs> we don't know who runs this account, we'll still have hope and faith and, and hold out, and, and it's at first, Please tell me there was something like that there, on there. A hundred percent, there was. I, that's not. That's not <laughs> well, an exaggeration. No, that's not an exaggeration. Uh, it it is so personal to so many people because it is a clash between their personal faith and what they feel like. Because it's not necessarily what is real, but what they feel like. Uh, is coming into the White House, and and it's just so much dissonance that people don't know how to deal with it. To the point yeah. that you know, even today on social media, there are people that are like, "Well, you know, there's still a chance. There's still hope. The court could this. The senators could this." And at this point, I'm just like, "Okay, like if you need if you need this process to occur and to play out completely." so that you feel like everything has been exhausted, so you feel like, you know, that, that this is what it needs to be. Okay, all right. You know, the twenty the 20th of January, barring any sort of, you know, changes between now and then, President-elect Biden will then become President Biden, and there's a lot of people that don't like that idea, and there's a lot Not of people... Not my president. Yeah, there's a lot of people who do like that idea, and in four years, guess what we're going to do? Elect another president and some people will like that person and some people won't. So, you know, if if people need that, I afford them that at this point. I'm I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to spend time, you know, saying, oh, but, you know, the likelihood of that happening. I'm just going to say, all right. Yeah. I mean, yes, we will wait and see what happens. Because the other <laughs> thing 2020 has taught me is nothing is ever a thing until it becomes a thing. What, is that a thing that you just made up? No, nothing is ever a thing until it becomes a thing. Because how many times have I thought, this yeah. is what 2020 is going to bring. This is going to happen. I'm going to do this. I might go here. This is the expectation that I have from that. And just because of something either foreseen or unforeseen with the with the COVID pandemic, with anything else, like it just hasn't happened. So, you know, I guess I guess there is room for, you know, it could be different than we see it as of the recording of this episode, but we, I, I can, I can handle waiting to see if that happens. Yeah. Uh, there was another thing of, uh, of backlash, uh, as well. People continuing to bring up elder Renlund's, uh, statement that a sign of Christ-like love is wearing a mask. And this, I'm so tired of fighting about a mask. So tired. But people saying, you know, well, it's not the prophet. Again, some people in this realm and space saying, you know, he he's speaking out of turn. He's speaking out of hand. This isn't a thing he should dress. Why doesn't he just keep his lane in religion? All of these just dismissing things because they don't agree with wearing a mask or they don't want to be told to wear a mask or they don't want to be made to feel like maybe they are choosing differently. And so, again, it becomes a time where politics are facing these people's individual uh, religions and going or religious choices, I guess I should say, and saying, hey, you know what? This is this is dissonance. How do I handle this? Can I still be a, a great member of the church and not wear a mask? And what does that mean if I feel compelled one way or another? And, you know, and add into it a year's worth of fit, fatigue and pandemic and economic <laughs> slowdown and all those things. 
Are you hanging in there? I'm hanging in. All right. All right. Yeah. You had another story that I actually didn't have. I was hoping you would do that one. Uh, yeah. This story is about, and this is a tough one for me, longtime Las Vegas resident Michael Murray. Mike was a kind and caring person who loved bike racing, according to friends, uh, and was a likable guy on and off the bike uh, who rode with uh, a group uh, last Thursday. There was an accident in Las Vegas which, uh, in which he passed away. Hmm. And, and here is the story of how this happened. There was a group, a big group of cyclists who did an annual ride every year. It's a 130-mile ride they did together. They had cars with them uh, to help, you know, anything they needed along the way. Um, Mike and about 20 or 18 of the cyclists were having a little trouble keeping up or trying to keep some cyclists in with a big group. Mm-hmm. They fell back a little bit behind their uh, carry car. And, and what they would do is kind of draft behind it mm-hmm. to, because it was a little windy to keep up with the group. Um, a box truck ran into the back of them and the chase car killed five of them, sent four others to the hospital. Oh my gosh. And uh, a, a tragic accident. Horrible. Now, now a chase car is like a, it's like a, it, it's a follow vehicle. Mm-hmm. It'll carry supplies for them. It also has its blinkers on mm-hmm. to maybe in a, a more, this wasn't a real traffic area. It was a highway out in, uh, what was it? Near Searchlight, mm-hmm. Nevada. Yeah. Just imagine nothing, Nevada. That's where it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and so Mike was, uh, there's a lot of tributes just to how, how, Great, his he was saying his life was because it was so stable with uh, his cycling and with his church, his religion being the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Now, so you knew the, you knew Mike, yeah. I I had uh, participated with Mike several times, yeah, over the years. Um, he's at originally from California, but had been in Vegas for several years and uh, raced in this area. Now. I, I'm curious because, I mean, the cycling world is small. I would imagine that the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints cycling circle is even smaller. Uh, it is probably outside of the state. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's even a smaller community of cyclists that is LDS. So mm. um, mm. a lot of people here in Utah really hit because they knew Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. people. It, it, and it this truck hit, you know, the as well, the chase vehicle. And, and originally they said, we don't know why the truck hit it. Uh, he wasn't impaired. And that's what it is. The, the driver stayed on scene. They interviewed him. And I just, this morning, I actually saw the, the, uh, the officer's video was released last night mm. uh, from the officer's uh, chest camera as they interviewed the driver, Ugh. who is very clearly broken up about this. He knows what he did yeah. and his life is ruined. Ugh. Well, it was released this morning. Uh, they took him in for toxology, and he was filled with meth. Uh, yeah, if, if you find yourself in that situation, certainly get, your, get you yourself the help that you need so you don't impact others' lives, because so easily, you know, one one poor choice can impact the life of five people total? Is that right? Four? Five people killed? Yeah, yeah four seriously mm-hmm. injured. Uh, uh, tragic. That is not a great—I mean— I appreciate you sharing that story, but that is not a great story. That is not one that fills me with with love and hope of the season, Brother Kyle. I guess we go to this article. This is in The Atlantic. Have you read this, The Most American Religion, written by McKay Coppins? I started reading through that, yeah. Such a great article. It's 9,000 words, which uh, McKay would tell you he belabored over. Uh, it is really, really well done. Talking about the first 200 years of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, and what maybe the future may be. Uh, he, that is McKay Coppins, a previous guest of the Cultural Hall, you can check out his episode. I want to say 380, yeah, I'm getting there, give me a second. McKay Coppins, episode 384 of the Cultural Hall, we'll lead that uh, link in the show notes. I can't believe that was that long ago. That seems crazy. Uh, talks about how uh, we need to just stop. I mean, this is my kind of takeaway. We need to stop trying to be like, hey, yeah, you you members of the church, you're just like everybody else, right? We need to lean maybe a little more into our uniqueness 
in the fact that we are the most American religion and everyone's like, oh, but we're a global church. It's, it's, it's really well done, but it is also really long. Also, I learned things about McKay Coppins, who is a member of the church who writes for The Atlantic. I learned things about him that I did not know before. What did you think of the article writing, since it's an article about the church, about a member writing it? Uh, well, I, so I have heard McKay, uh, interviewed by a couple of other folks, and I know that he had quite a bit of consternation about that, whether or not he wanted to do that. And he didn't want to really include his personal biases in it, you know, because it's his lived experience to be a member of the church. And, uh, his, um, editor said, no, you got to go more with it. It's uncomfortable for you, but you got to go more for it. I think it would be a different article, obviously, if someone who wasn't a member of the church uh, wrote it. But I like it as a member of the church because I feel like he doesn't have to spend a lot of time like onboarding himself into the discussion about the church so he can go a little bit deeper. And props to him, too, because he also was able to visit with Elder Ballard and President Nelson. Got to Mm -hmm. interview President Nelson. Yeah. And and my second after that my second favorite thing in the article is the picture of him uh, about to be baptized <laughs> with his father. <laughs> There's uh-huh. a picture of him yeah. from I don't know what year it was, uh, you know, 1989. But yeah. he he looks he has the bowl cut. Oh it's yeah, very periodic. If you look at it, the background, everything. I just think it's a funny picture. Not disparaging towards him. It's like, no, no, it's no. A, it's a good no, it, picture of him. It, it, is, uh, it is definitely a picture of which you can tell what year it was taken based on uh, his haircut and, and some of the other things within it. It's a super great, well-done article. You can actually read it for free. The Atlantic allows you a couple articles a month to be able to read, and so I encourage you to check that out. It is a long read, so get yourself a nice cup of hot cocoa and read it. Uh, and then finally this... Uh, did you have other? Did you have another news story, brother Kyle? Uh, oh my goodness, I forgot. Oh yeah, I have one more. Hit me. Oh yeah, want that? So, uh, and you might remember this uh, from a, a little while back. But a Payson man gets probation for attack on Black Letter Day Saint missionary. Yeah, you remember this was a Panamanian missionary. Uh, he was serving. He is uh, a person of color. His companion, not his companion, is white. And um, they these three or I think four guys started harassing him and yelling and then it ultimately ended up in a physical altercation where they beat up this Panamanian yeah. they, uh, missionary unconscious through his yeah. phone unconscious mm-hmm. uh so this this gentleman uh Sebastian West is this uh, upstanding young man's name uh he's been ordered to serve at least 3 years of probation and inpatient substance abuse treatment mm-hmm. for a hate crime uh Sebastian West age 20 is a known assaultive felon but, but is um, not getting jail time? No. The, and, but the judge said, if you don't comply with every requirement, you'll go to jail. Well, he should be yeah. in jail. Yeah. Uh, he he called him various words that, of course, we'll never repeat here. Uh, said, this is our town and go back to slavery. Yeah, that that being Sebastian to the Panamanian missionary, yes. not the yeah. judge to the no. to the person. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a that's a disgusting story uh, and one that may very well make it into our top 20 stories of 2020 as we looked forward to a future episode uh going to do two full hour long articles of news episodes as we round out the year counting down the top 20 stories uh from the church for the year 2020 uh it'll be our opinion you're welcome to disagree with those opinions but look forward to that episode and then rounding it out this the question of whether mormons are christians may be thought-provoking it may be a debate for others but the State Court of Appeals is warning Arizona judges to stay away from such issues. Uh, what is essentially happening is this. In 2017, there was a couple, Kathleen and Sean Ball. They got divorced. As part of the procedure, they filled out a court-provided parenting plan, which, among other things, stipulated that each parent may take the children to any church or place of worship while he or she has custody And it says that both parents agree that the children should be instructed in the Christian faith. About a year later, the father joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and the children occasionally joined him at meetings. After learning this, the mother sought legal intervention, claiming that the father was violating the parenting plan because his church 
is not a Christian church. During the hearing, a youth ministry leader testified that the LDS church is not Christian. Based on that, the Mandel, that is the George, sided with the mother, ruling that Mormonism does not fall within the confines of Christian faith and forbade the father from taking his children to LDS services. Uh, the appellate judge Paul McMurdy said that ruling said that ruling was wrong on two fronts. He pointed out that the pairing agreement said that either parent could take the children to whatever place of worship that parent chose, so there was no violation. But the bigger problem was that Mandel's decision to even consider the issue of the status of the Mormon church, meaning that he shouldn't have even taken on the case at all. The Free Exercise and Establishment Clause of the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, as applied to the states through the 14th Amendment, sorry, legal jargon, precludes civil courts from inquiring into ecclesiastical matters, it says. So a secular court uh, says, uh, let me go on. McMurdy said the question Mandel sought to answer about the, LD, the status of the LDS Church and whether it falls under the umbrella of Christianity clearly falls into the category of prohibited court conduct. That very question has long been a matter of theological debate in the United States. A secular court must avoid ruling on such issues to prevent the appearance that government favors one religious views over another. So, this case... Uh, it is one that people are watching, uh, apparently studying out the fact that it would even be taken up as a case. Uh, it provides a potent example of a possibility made real. Um, the ambiguity surrounding the phrase Christian faith thrusts the court directly into a matter of theological controversy. So interesting to see that mm -hmm. that is something that is still uh, even being taken to court and that it wrongfully shouldn't have been admitted into the court is our final story as this articles of news brother kyle yeah i encourage you if you have not done so yet to go back and listen to last week's articles of news where in the third block uh we talked with uh papa osler richard osler about the first section of his book which is listen the book is called listen learn and love uh, here in the third block, we are going to talk again with Papa Osler, and we're going to get to that second section. It is the learn section of listen, learn, and love. We'll come back and do that in the third block of the Cultural Hall. We get to go down to Texas to we talk about the uh, living scriptures. Now, we have to be quick today uh, for a couple reasons, because one, I have been told that it cost me $200 an hour to meet with lawyer Chow Wild, so I can only afford about four and a half minutes. Uh, we're talking about the latest and greatest offerings from Living Scriptures. Chow, Merry Christmas season to you. Thank you, Richie. I just addressed a Christmas card to you and your family. I can't wait to receive it. Now, uh, when I was talking with Russ on the last Articles of News, he said Chow dibsed the Christmas edition of the Living Scriptures. So I'm excited to hear the Christmas recommendations that you have that people can watch on the Living Scriptures app. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff for kids mm -hmm. and it auto plays the Christmas section. So they can move from the episode of, I think it's Curious George that has Christmas in it right into the uh, Babar Christmas, the allegories, and it just kind of loops them right through a series of Christmas shows. Mm -hmm. And what I... And most excited and most thrilled about on living scriptures is that you can stream you can get the forgotten carols which it's a movie this year mm -hmm. and it's playing at select theaters you don't have to buy the dvd you don't necessarily have to go to utah and make a trek but you can get it for 19.99 mm -hmm. and stream it honestly it's worth it i would spend more on movie tickets for my whole family to go and to just have it watch it watch it again pause it back it up for you know when i'm chasing a kiddo mm -hmm. and uh it's worth it so for so many people the forgotten carols and we visited um in a couple episodes ago i'll leave the link in the show notes with michael mclean as a third block of an articles of news uh finding out about it and at that point they didn't know that it was going to be on living scriptures i think they were sort of still working out the deal but i teased it and he said well i don't know but we've also talked with Michael about the Forgotten Carols uh, in an episode way past, as well as Adrian Swenson, who is a uh, college friend of both yours and I, who plays uh, Nurse, what's her name? Nurse Franny. Nurse Nancy. Yes. I, nurse Francine. One of those names. Francois. I, I'm not sure. 
I'm not great with names, but I know the face and I can see her in my, you know, mind's eye. But it is. It's a great offering um, that they that they did, that they recorded uh, and is available to help you get into the holiday spirit, because maybe you would normally see that in the theaters. But you can check that out on the Living Scriptures app. Are there other things that you and your hubby or you yourself have warped, uh, wrapped that uh, that big wintry Christmas time blanket in and just sat down and turned the mind off and turned the eyes open? This is more because of our daughter, the 12 dogs of Christmas, uh-huh. which is heartwarming tale about a town who bans dogs because the mayor's brother does not like dogs Mm. but that's more because my daughter absolutely loves dogs but I will say this too so um as you know my dad passed away pretty Mm. recently yeah sorry to hear that I'm sorry no I mean we know the plan he knew the plan he graduated as as the prophet would say and she's in a different country and I can't visit her you know, because of the regulation. So last night, what I did is I bought her a subscription to the Living Scriptures because I wanted her to see the Forgotten Carols. She will be alone on Christmas Eve, and I didn't want her to feel so lonely. And I thought, I wish she could see it. I asked her, do you have a DVD player? She said no. Mm -hmm. So we went ahead and bought her her own account for Living Scriptures with the Forgotten Carols included on that. And sent it, you know, sent it her way. So that I just wanted to say that it's a great gift. But now she's going to get the Forgotten Carols. She's going to get there is a cartoon version of a Christmas Carol on the Living Scriptures, Mm -hmm. which is my favorite. I'm a junkie for a Christmas Carol everything. I've seen every version. I read the book every year. But she, you know, it opens up a whole new world of things that she can watch that are heartwarming. And I will say this. I also love Hallmark movies, right? But they get very much, they're very romantic. On Living Scriptures, you have movies that are like Hallmark movies that are not necessarily about romance. They're more about family. There's Hometown for the Holidays is one. Um, There's a couple different ones that are out there. Um, Stalking Santa is on there. So yeah, there's, there's a lot that's on there. And we haven't, when once we're done with school, we will be getting to it while we bake and while we watch while we missed my dad and while we talked to my my uh, stepmom up in Canada and just that'll be it'll be Christmas with the living scriptures. It's a great gift idea and I hadn't even considered it cuz it's affordable. I mean, you think about what you might buy another family, close family relative as a gift and it's a gift. A lot of times this time of year you hear about like the cheese of the month club or the this or whatever, you know, it's affordable something that you could do for a family that you love, give them the gift of entertainment for the year to come. You can find the link to get a free month of living scriptures at theculturalhall.com in association with the show notes for this episode. Ciao. I can't afford any more time with you. I have to let you go. Merry Christmas to you and the rest of the wilds down there in Texas. Thank you. We'll send the bill with the Christmas card. Perfect. Joined again by Papa Osler himself, it's Richard Osler from Listen, Learn, Love. That's the title of his book and also the title of his podcast. Now, if you haven't gone back and listened to the third part of an Articles of News where he talks all about the importance of listening, be sure that you check that out. They're not going to be mutually exclusive. You can listen to this episode and not have listened to that, and I think you'll still gain a great deal from this conversation. But encourage you because listen in so many ways is that first step Uh, to go back and check that out. Uh, We're talking all about learning, Richard, and so I'm curious as to as to what you mean when we when we say listen, learn, love, what is that learn part of this? Learn is once is to be willing to set aside past assumptions and in an effort to not add to the burdens of others and actually lift the burdens of others. So I've recognized I'm nearly sixty that I have picked up things in society and in my life that if I continue to hold on those beliefs I'm adding to the burdens of others, especially LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. Okay, so wait real quick before you move on. You're being vague. I'm going to ask you to use me, uh, use from your life an actual example of what we're talking about. I'll do that right now. Okay. Um, I felt <laughs> at 59, I grew up in the 80s, and that was, you know, I was in high school in the late 70s, and that's when I first became aware of gay people. Okay. And I had... I held a belief for many years, maybe a couple decades, maybe longer, maybe three or four decades, that gay people chose to be gay, and then they could unchoose this. 
and I just cringe every time I say that out loud, because if there's people listening, please, you need to get away from that belief. I, after meeting with hundreds of LGBTQ people and listening to their stories, no one would ever choose this, Richie. It's, it's a brutal road in our church and society. No one would ever choose to be LGBTQ. And our church does not teach that. Our church teaches that sexual orientation is not a choice. And people come that way. And I think science is our friend to help us understand. I don't think God looks at anybody that's LGBTQ and says, oh, no, what went wrong? Um, I'm surprised here. You're LGBTQ. I think this is part of the beautiful diversity that's needed that Paul talks about in Corinthians 12, um, the body of Christ and how all parts are needed. Now, it's the second part of that is that if someone could choose this, they could unchoose this. So I, I thought, okay, they don't come this, they may have, they may be gay, and, but they can do something to unbecome gay. And right. I'm just talking orientation. Sure. So I've always read that the atonement of Jesus Christ has, is limitless. So I've always thought, well, if someone just uses the atonement that ha- feels gay, they can feel straight. And it wasn't until I listened to LGBTQ people and the prayers that they've, you know, the deals they've made with God, take my arms, take my hands, I'll serve this mission and I'll double serve. I'll get up at 4 a.m. for two years. Just, I want to be straight when I get on that plane coming home. Mm -hmm. And they're not. And so I look at the atonement of Jesus Christ. I'm blue-eyed. I can't use the atonement, Richie, to become brown-eyed. Right. And so that's the way I look at it. These are hardwire attributes that are part of us. And they're all beautiful. Every part of everybody is beautiful. No one should feel shame for any part of how they're created. So that's, and I'm still repenting for that. I think that's partly what I became an ally is I recognize the mistakes I had made and I'm paying penance in some ways with what I'm doing now to just lift the burdens of, or to help others not make the same mistakes I've made. Mm -hmm. And I apologize for everything I've done in this space, the high school friends I pulled away from, the, the feelings I had. I went to my 40-year reunion and there was a gay high school um, friend who was not there because he died. And, and he was on the tribute wall in our slideshow. And I just, I didn't know how to be an active Latter-day Saint and be kind to a gay person in high school, Richie. And this millennial generation, this Gen X, that's a no-brainer. They just love everybody. <laughs> and to me, that's an improvement and a better matching of what Christ taught. So those are a couple examples. I love a couple quotes that I put in the book. I'll read a couple of them to you. One is from S. Michael Wilcox, one of my favorite institute teachers. He said, in some matters, it's better to be intellectually uncertain rather than superficially sure this will still leave us with a great deal to be certain about while maintaining a humility to learn. So that just builds nuance that as a leader, as a parent, we don't always have to say, I know the answer. In fact, it's really cool sometimes when we say, I don't know. And I learned to do that the longer I served as a bishop. And I would say to the YSAs, I don't know what the right thing is. I don't know what the policy is. I don't know yet what bested thoughts to give you. And I think that's just a better place to be as a parent or as a leader. It's great to say, I don't know, when we really don't know. Um, Here's another quote, one of my favorite from Elder Uchtdorf. It's in a worldwide training, so it's not a quote that's real well known, but it's in the book and it's reference. We can block the growth and knowledge our Heavenly Father intends for us. How often has the Holy Spirit tried to tell us something we needed to know, but couldn't get past the massive iron gate of what we thought we already knew. (laughs) I just think of these massive iron gates of what I thought I knew about transgender people, Mm -hmm. that this was just Satan deceiving people into being trans. And this was a sign of the last days. And then I went and talked to trans people and heard their stories. And my heart just grew. And I realized that I was getting past the massive iron gates by sitting with trans people, which was what Christ did in his ministry. He went and met with all the people that were marginalized, not by him, but by society, mm-hmm. and were pushed to the fringes. And, and you've got to understand gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria is real. It's the pain. It's the mismatch between your biological sex and how you feel. And that's pain. And so people want to deal with that pain, and they want to transition to some extent. And we, that's a whole separate subject. But that's yeah. kind of some thoughts to answer your question. There are some things that I don't understand, 
And part of the reason why I don't understand them is I have never tried to learn about them. Like, you know, I can remember an early episode where we had someone who is transgender on the show. And I started that episode and I said, I have no idea about any of this. I, I, you did I, the episode. Yeah, That's the cool thing. But how many of us, because, you know, maybe it's uh, gender dysphoria or transgender or even just uh, um, gay or, or bisexual or lesbian, right? We, we just don't, under, we don't understand it or we just haven't given place to even learn about it. I think that there's a responsibility for us to even just learn about that. When we talk about the, you know, the mourn that th- with those that mourn, comfort those that need and comfort. I think there's also like, if I can, and I'm not, but if I can shoehorn another part into that scripture is like, learn about those that n- we need to learn about, right? Like learn about everyone. We can't love everyone if we don't know what everyone is, means, you know, what, what, what that entails. I just agree with everything you said. And one of the big paradigm shifts for me is I just, I had heard of LGBTQ people, this is under the umbrella of learn, as they were defined in my brain from everything I'd heard as this outside group of people that posed a threat. And they were sort of the bad people out there that were trying to take away everything that I held. And then when you have priesthood responsibility for a gay Latter-day Saint sitting next to you and bearing his heart to you, everything shifts. And I would just include your listeners to not think of LGBTQ as this outside group, but think of them as your family, your friends, your coworkers, and everything you say about this subject. There may be closeted LGBTQ people, your own children. 4.5% of the American population identifies as LGBTQ. If we assume that was true for the whole worldwide population of the church at 16 million, That means over 700,000 of our own people Mm -hmm. identify as LGBTQ. That would fill Lavelle Edwards Stadium over 10 times with our own people that are LGBTQ. So we just have a responsibility because they're our own people Mm -hmm. or just part of the human family to do what you said is get some basic education. Go to the church's website if you want to start there, just what the church teaches. Because I didn't even know, Richie, what the church taught because I just... I had picked up things the church had taught in the past that they don't church. The church has changed its teachings, Mm -hmm. and I want to be clear about that and not sort of push that under the rug. Um, The church has changed, and the church probably will continue to receive further light knowledge on this subject. But I encourage listeners to your listeners to read my book. It's a desert book. It's on Amazon. It's called Listen, Learn, and Love, Embracing LGBTQ Latter-day Saints, and it really helps us to bear, mourn, and comfort and not make the same mistakes I made. I wrote it for future parents and future local leaders, so they don't do what I did. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, though, was it not until you became uh, a bishop and had stewardship over young single adults, um, gay and straight, that you had even considered this marginalized group of people? Yeah, I mean, it started a little bit. I was Our mission president was in his 30s when he served as our mission president. So 30 years later, he's only 68. We decided to do a 30-year reunion. And I got an impression to do that and get everybody together. And I went. that's how I got on Facebook and good at Facebook. And I found Elder Van Pletsen one day on Facebook. And we didn't ever connect. I mean, we were pre-Facebook mission Mm -hmm. in 1980. So we had all lost track of each other. And Facebook came alive. So I found Elder Van Pletsen on Facebook one day, and I thought, oh my gosh, he's an Episcopal priest in a same-sex marriage. I thought, well, this isn't what we taught in England. Yeah. <laughs> and, as I, <laughs> and as I scrolled down his Facebook page to his own congregation, he kept sending him links to the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, um, the Easter concerts and the Christmas concerts. So I thought, well, I told President Ivory, our mission president, and he did say, well, I'd invite him and invite his husband too. And so we did. And I just got to, I looked at our mission president basically saying, no one's going to be the outside of the circle of our family reunion. Yeah, he's concerned about somebody outside the doctrine of our church, but he wanted him and his husband there. And then I got to know Blaine better, and I went and visited him eventually at his parish church. And that was part of a little bit of my journey that when these gay men showed up in my office, Richie, and just, I was... I was past, I wanted to walk past Elder Uchtdorf's massive iron gate because I'd had this experience with Elder Van Pletsen where it was less black and white. I thought everybody that was gay and left the church and was same-sex marriage, hated the church, right. hated God, 
wanted the church to fail, but Elder Van Pletsen taught me differently. Um, he, he really loves the church. Him and his husband watch conference <laughs> and he's an Episcopal priest. And I just, I realized there's nuance around this and I wanted to more understand. So this has been something that uh, obviously, you know, I recognized with the other day, you have over 300 episodes of Listen, Learn, Love, the podcast. You've written a book about it. What are you finding yourself learning today? In this time, it's it's a continual process. What have you learned most recently that has either surprised you or strengthened you or changed a perspective or or whatever? What are you learning now that you could not have learned when you first started into this journey? That's a good question. I've got four different thoughts that come in my mind. One of the things I'm seeing in the church on LGBTQ is is younger LGBTQ opening up earlier. And they're internalized homophobia because they're not adhering as many negative messages in society and family and church. They're owning this part of themselves earlier. Um, I'm, I write a missionary who's serving right now. He is out as gay to everybody before he served. He's out as gay to his missionaries, to his mission president. His mission president wants him to do training in the mission about what it's like to be gay. Wow. And uh, yeah, I say, wow, too, Richie. What a incredibly courageous young man. And, but I think he got to this point of acceptance, his own internalized homophobia. He got through that quicker and he realizes God loves this part about him mm-hmm. and he shouldn't be ashamed about it. So he's owning it. And he's, and the, and the fellow missionaries are in a better spot than they were 10 years ago where they're not making gay jokes the whole time. Right. And they're, and they're not weirded out if their companions gay. They just have better tools as straight missionaries to go, this is one of God's sons, and I'm going to be his companion, his friend, and this is not weird to me. I was taught to punch somebody on my mission if he was gay. Wow. Yep. And so I'm seeing a big shift in younger LDS, LGBTQ people. It doesn't mean they're going to leave the church if they just own their orientation. I think it helps them to own their relationship with God. And, re- and then that's probably the key thing when I meet with a younger LGBTQ person is God loves us about you. You've got to have a great personal relationship with your heavenly parents. They will help you navigate this. And I think they're more likely to just make thoughtful decisions. Some leave the church. Sure. That's just the reality of being LGBTQ and LDS. But some stay if they have a feeling of belonging and people like them are welcome and needed. Um, so that's there's a lot of work at our BYU at BYU Hawaii, BYU Idaho, and BYU about this subject. Many of the administration and honor code people are reading this book and other books. I think there's a real desire within leadership of a church right now to understand LGBTQ people. I think there's a tremendous amount of power. You talk about, um, you know, these people staying within the church, but I think you know, very real within this conversation is people staying around in life, right? Where they, if they feel shame, there's, you know, this connection with LGBT youth and suicide within the church. And, and if they feel understood, if they feel heard, if they feel loved, if they feel needed, I mean, even if ultimately they end up leaving the church, which P.S. heterosexual people leave the church all the time as well, <laughs> uh, that it is far less likely that they are going to take their life by suicide. And, and I think that, that that's a tragedy that, I mean, we could talk for hours about the relation between some of the things that we've been talking to and that. It's awesome also to know that you, as, as someone who spends his time and his space within this, are constantly learning as well, right? That just as much as that iron gate could have kept you out from this learning, there is, for a lot of people, the natural tendency to say, I've learned it all, I know it all, put that gate up, and then we stop learning and, and growing as far as that goes. It's unfortunate. I don't recommend it. But but we as as a people kind of go, yeah, I'm at that point. I've learned enough. I know enough. And I, I would contend that we don't ever know enough, and we've never learned enough. I, I love that. And I... I and I think we said this, but if I think it's better, I I don't think any of our listeners, your listeners, my listeners, we want to make a requirement they have to learn everything about every LGBTQ letter and every situation. But I think we can say don't pass opinions on a group of people until it's either learn about them or at least just don't say anything about them. Right. 
And rec- and just be honest, I don't know anything about trans people, so I'm not going to. And if that's I now, we, neither of us would say that because we met with trans people. But right. but it's easy to point to Satan and it's the last days and things we don't understand is because of Satan. And some of that could be true, but let's don't do that just as a way to keep ourselves kind of emotionally safe and locked behind the massive iron gate. Because learning about trans people has only increased my faith in the goodness of humanity and God and his beautiful plan versus made me think Satan is increasing his attacks on us. Uh, The second part of this whole discussion, talking about learning, the book is called Listen, Learn, and Love, available on Amazon. You can also get it at Deseret Book. There's a link in the show notes with this episode. Like I mentioned at the start of this, if you have not gone back and listened to that first discussion about listening, make sure you pick up that earlier episode and check that out. And spoiler, there will be a future episode where Richard and I will talk about love, how we can love, love in this space, what it means, maybe what it doesn't mean. Uh, That's going to be a future episode with Papa Osler. Listen, learn, love. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. And if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. Brother Kyle, are you still there? Uh, Yeah, I'm here. Well, if you aren't sick or afflicted, I hope that uh, you'll be able to join us next week and that when the time comes, that you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat on the back.